Let's all go there. Enjoy the the scintillating steel drums of the Caribbean Isles. Is that a Mario song or the steel drums? It's Puzzle Bobble. Okay. But uh. Sure. Oh, yeah, it looks pretty good. I'm just going to have to stick my face in it the whole time. I Hello, knew. Internet. I'm I David Riley. We're kicking it for real. Despite Joel and I being 10 hours apart, we somehow managed to record a podcast. Yes. Who would have thought? I actually made it more difficult by burying myself at the bottom of the Marianas Trench, and we're still doing it. Well, Joel, that's a lot further apart than Philadelphia and New York, which I know, is, it's by the way, down. 10 hours apart. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we're the usual thing. Fast karate for the gentleman. We don't have our own internet radio station, but we do have a podcast. And you listen to that twice a week. Today is a podcast for the weekend. December 1st? December 2nd? Who could really know? But it's a day (laughs) on the weekend. And maybe you're listening to this during the week. It doesn't really matter. I'm David Riley. That is Joel White. And we talk to you about terrible cartoons. For the most part. Well, we try to talk about terrible cartoons because we don't have anything good to say about the ones we like. Yeah. Or it just sounds what did we really do last bad and week? stupid. We liked something. Oh, yeah. We we watched Cromarty, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Yes, this is all right. We but, had that uh, Jan Kurotaki book to pull us through. Yeah. The real joie de vivre is uh, lambasting the stuff you really hate. <laughs> I think I was talking to Aaron now that, now that Aaron and Noah and I are super roommate commune of best friends. Um and she said, Jan Kurotaki, like, apparently the readership of New Type USA is, like, half female. And the chicks reading that magazine were super pissed off because they don't care about photographs of sexy cosplayers who only apparently do things from, like, visual novels and erotic games. Is that all Jan Kurotaki does? Apparently that's the majority of her repertoire. Well, why would you care about but, it? Why would you be upset? I don't understand. If that's her... Well, thing why well, would but you they're, care that she they're them? girls and and they want sexy boys because she started originally as a columnist in new type usa i guess and she took up a lot of space there with stuff that half the readership did not care about uh do you understand the concept also she, did chris did, or not send us an email saying he was going to deluge you with jan kurotaki related memorabilia yes. <laughs> and that can't be delivered to my house directly that's going to be like the, the way uh, sex toy companies mail you stuff yeah. in like <laughs> a plain paper, paper box <laughs> with some fake company. It's like international pipe delivery service. <laughs> oh, yay. My pipes came in. <laughs> these tiny eight and a half by 11 packages. Now Excuse I have these me, Kathy. I have to pipes. install our new sink. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that I don't know. She dressed up like Rufus. 
the most hittable Rufus in the world. Well, it doesn't even matter because I'm not even defending Jan Kurotaki. I was reading that satirically. Right, fair enough. I know you want to start the show. It might be a little early. We're only three minutes in. Well, what, to what are we start doing? Talking about the cartoon. We're doing Venus Wars. Oh, dude, we could start. We could have started negative fifteen minutes ago. It's Venus and Wars. Still had enough. Yeah. In preparation for this, you know, I used to write. Terrible things that could not be called reviews, but could be called something about <laughs> anime. And I wrote one about Venus Wars, and it reminded me of when we used to get together, me and Joel and whomever else was around, and we'd, uh, we'd watch anime and, and make fun of it, sort of like we do on this podcast, but with less of an audience. <laughs> so uh, the joke we had for Venus Wars, apparently, was, and I remember this after I read it, was the national sandwich of Venus was the dirt sandwich. Yeah, because they don't grow anything. that's all you could grow on Venus. <laughs> yeah, I remember talking about that. This is the story behind Venus Wars. They, uh, Venus was apparently hit by a giant space object, which caused acidic oceans to form on its surface, which... It, it was an ice planet. Well, Venus isn't really... Oh, it was like... Well, it's an asteroid or a comet, so there's going to be ice. It, no, it was hit by an ice planet. What? It can't be hit by it's, an ice that's planet. What they You're that's saying what they 200 years in the, into the future, an ice planet's just going to form in our solar system? Well, it might have showed up from another solar system. Maybe it got slingshotted around the moon like Apollo 13. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a planet large enough to hit Venus. Slingshot around the moon Starring and Earth. Tom Hanks. But anyway, so a sp- an ice planet hits Venus... And sort of creates the foundation by which Venus can be terraformed and made habitable. But apparently being made habitable doesn't include the ability to grow crops or anything. Yeah, there's no real apparent industry on Venus. What are you talking about? At least uh, Total Recall had the excuse of Martian artifacts as some reason to be there. (laughs) But there seems to be no purpose to be on Venus. Um, They They have a booming They don't even mention like some old... They have a booming export of punk unibikers and uh, <laughs> octotanks. Let's not blow our load too quick. All right. I'm just saying, like, they didn't even use like the easy cliches of like overcrowding on Earth. They were just like, we're going to colonize this planet, even though its oceans are still toxic and we can't breathe the air. Yeah, they don't really give you colonize it. a real solid reason for going to Venus. Maybe it's just sort of a manifestation of solar system manifest destiny. Yeah. <laughs> So, Joel, but they're they're all, like, Japanese in the show. I guess not. Their names are, like, Walt and Bill. And then, of course, the main character's name is Hero. And it's not exactly like... Uh, the main character has to be Japanese. Yeah. And it's not exactly like Manifest Destiny because there are no Indians on Venus to kill off. <laughs> There's no indigenous people yeah. to genocide? <laughs> How do you know? Maybe like, they well, killed him and then covered up the records. You're telling me there's nobody up here already? What did I bring all these polio-infected blankets for? They bought... <laughs> Half the Venusian continent for $26 worth of beads. <laughs> yes. Oh, indigenous Venusians. You had no idea what you were getting into. And now you're all dead. Their hardy constitution was developed to survive the toxic gases, but they did not develop their brains in tandem. <laughs> oh, yeah, but what do you want to talk about first? I mean, it starts off with the unibikes. Yeah, which is ingenious. Basically, in the future... NASCAR has become the ultimate sport, but now it's performed with bikes. Well, it's, but all the other rules still seem to apply. Well, it's not, don't, it's not bikes. It, w- it would be Unix or Unikes because there's only one wheel on these motorcycles. And I hesitate to call but them. What would we call them? Huh? 
I mean, unicycles is the obvious term. Don't they call them something in the show? I don't even remember. I don't know. I, I don't think I could be accused of paying that much attention to the show. <laughs> well, We've watched it so many times. I was playing the DS while I was watching this. They, uh, well, anyway, it, it's not so much like NASCAR. It's kind of like rollerball or roller derby, except with motorcycles. But, but it's... But it's not like there's no actual game being played. No, they explained it. They're You're just going to into pass people, and passing people yeah. gets you points. That's NASCAR, sort of. I guess. I mean, they they go in a circle and they make a left turn. There's no like ball or. I mean, I guess you don't score points for passing people in NASCAR, but otherwise, it's fundamentally the same. Yeah. And that's very frustrating to me that 200 years in the future, we haven't ex- eradicated NASCAR. <laughs> that means v- Venus is colonized by people from the South. Maybe that explains why Venus was formed. All of a sudden, they're calling every soda Coke. <laughs> and you're like, come on, guys. <laughs> well, if we call them all Coke, then what do we call Coke? Coke. Shut up. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I, the reason I do, I, I do that at restaurants, I think, sometimes. Or I order a soda you ask, or a pop. You ask for a Coke and and you don't want a Coke? Well, I always want a Coke, so maybe that's why it never matters. But I have ordered Coke <laughs> but you're, and meant like Sprite in the past. Joel, you're secretly Alabama stock. Well, my family did come out of the South. And the charade before it goes too far. Oh well, it's like, well, I think Dave, you've stumbled across the secret of the colonization of Venus. NASCAR actually reaches unheralded popularity in the you know whatever this is twenty two hundreds, and so in order to save mm. Earth, they they eject them yeah, all into space. All Venus. <laughs> Brilliant! They attach- this movie once again has purpose. They, the ice planet. There was never an ice planet. What they did is they attached rockets to the Indianapolis 500 and shot it into space. It collided with Venus, <laughs> and then everybody just, just got rid of the there. whole raceway. <laughs> they didn't even notice. They were too busy chowing down on fried chicken. I couldn't think of an indigenous southern people food. Grits. All right, I guess. Fried chicken works, too, or biscuits. I mean, those are sort of the three. Man, but I like all those things. It's true. Maybe this is like in the zombie movie when they first show signs of changing. You better kill me now before I kill the entire squad from the inside. <laughs> you're going to show up. You're going to have a Jeff Gordon hat on. Dave, no! Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> but this has nothing to do with Venus Wars, which has plenty to talk about. Because it involves a serious reporter who is on Venus as part of the independent press to report seriously about how inept she is as a reporter. Let's not skip the fact that this woman's name is Susan Summers. Not to be confused with Suzanne Summers of Step by Step fame. I gotta believe that that was just a dubbing decision. Do you think that the the actual character in the Japanese was Suzanne or Susan? Probably. I don't know. Why, why would anime companies lie to us? Have they ever? I don't think so. I, Never. I, I think it's supposed to be the the world is colonized by everybody. And there's... There's so many non-Japanese names, but they keep a Japanese name in. I just don't buy it. I think it's probably legit. Because that way, especially, the Japanese guy gets to look like the hero. What, which, which Japanese guy? appropriately his name. Because as far as I know, the only... The main guy. The dude? He's a jerk. Yeah. If you're... 
he's not but the he hero. saves the day. Sort of, I guess. He saves the day by letting a everybody is sort of a space a catapult this, collapse on a tank. I could save the day too by accident. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm going to let this building. His heroic effort was not getting shot. Well, I guess you know he does. Uh, he's got a thing for using construction equipment against his enemies. Well, his enemies being tanks. Yeah. Apparently, tanks' only weakness it's are gotta be the- uh, cranes and the buildings they produce. Well, clearly, dumping an entire diesel truck on top of one did not produce the desired results. All right, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. We need to explain how retarded dumping an entire diesel truck on top of the tank is because that was their plan. So we we got to provide some context here. Okay, go for it. So the story of Venus Wars is that there's like two countries. They're Aphrodisia and the other one, <laughs> and the other one invades Aphrodisia because they hate it. They want to take our lives and our freedoms. Are you sure it's Aphrodisia? And uh, I'm pretty Are you sure, sure it's, not it's, it's a Greek goddess's name. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think I like Aphrodisia. Aphrodisia was like that a, the chicken purple ray? Yeah, Aphrodisia. It sounds like a Prince song. Or the name of a Jamaican resort. Right. So the guys who I think is Ishtar yeah, is the Ishtar other Yeah, Ishtar is invading Aphrodia. Not as exciting as Aphrodisia. They invade Apollonia. Uh, Apollonia being the girl from Purple Rain. <laughs> you should have... Crap. Whatever that would have been the, a lot funnier if you just left it alone. So, <laughs> and let Daryl Surratt figure it out. Ishtar invades the other one, whose name I've already forgotten. And the other one doesn't appear to have any standing military because they spend all their money on NASCAR bikes. So Ishtar, who has these things they call octo-tanks, which are just like really lumpy tanks with... I mean, they look kind of like the buildings look in Dominion Tank Police. Yeah, they're sort of amorphous and squirmy. there's just sort of like everywhere. They appear to be more gelatinous than you would uh, believe. Yeah, and every little bump on them has guns. Like, I, I don't... I guess octo like octopus and maybe they have like eight. There are way things. more than eight I didn't guns on take that the tank. Time to count. Like even the guns. But have maybe guns. there's eight sponsoons. It's the classic situation where guns are shooting guns. <laughs> but then the other guns, do they shoot guns? I don't know. At some point, you have to be. Or do shooting they shoot bullets? bullets? Or flame? They have flamethrowers too. It sort of seems like uh, <laughs> uh, whatever the invading army. They kind of thought of everything, uh, from the giant biplanes. To uh, the octo tanks, they uh, they've got it covered. Yeah, pretty much. What's more, everybody in Ephrodia gets captured and they're sad and they're under the repressed. And then the biker toughs, quote unquote, the NASCAR kids. One of them takes his girlfriend to his uncle's place because it's really nice, and his uncle's away on vacation. And it turns out that his uncle is like a collaborator or something. So they get into a fight. And with the, the whatever they call them, like, you know, the peacekeeping organization, like our troops in Iraq right now. And then they try and they have, they run away, but maybe one gets killed. I don't, I don't even remember. Nobody gets killed. It's like the most boring show ever. The, the pro- Hero. Uh, what? This is the problem with everything that happens up until that point. Hero gets this huge chip on his shoulder for no reason and decides to get himself shot. And then everybody develops a chip on their shoulder and decides to get themselves shot. It's sort of the motivation for why they go after Thanks to that totally hot and sultry redhead. Yeah, it's it's basically just like, we're angry, let's go attack a tank with motorbikes, a truck, right. and, and that's, other stuff. And coincidentally, their pit mechanic was gathering guns. Well, he was a gun runner. So that was very fortunate. 
yeah, it's very fortunate that it worked out that way. So they're like, hey, old man, we're going to take these guns. And he's like, you kids don't know what you're doing. You've never fired a gun out of your ass, much less your hands. And they're like, what are you talking about, old man? That was the worst metaphor well, I've ever heard. Is, and he's like, I know. Hero likes it. Basically, Gary says, it's like, this is a terrible mistake. You're all going to die. And, here, and he explains to him why he knows that, because he attacked the tank in his youth, and everybody died. And Hero's response is, so what? We're going <laughs> to do it anyway. And then uh, Gary is somehow swayed by that and logic. And he's like, well, I might as well come yeah, along. He just decides, like, you're right. Everybody is going to die. <laughs> you passionate youths have warmed my hot heart with a spicy island song. Yeah, it's just like... <laughs> no, no, we're supposed to cool his cold heart with a cold island song. <laughs> it, regardless of what the actual motivation is, it doesn't make any sense. So, right. So they convince him to come along. Which is fortunate, because without his plan, they would have been screwed. Their plan was to shoot the tank with guns. His plan is to drop a tanker full of oil on it. Which, in theory, probably really should have worked. Because even if... Yeah, uh, but I guess they fireproof their tanks these days. Yeah, mine just, like... You'd think setting the tank on fire would be a lot more effective, because the people inside the tank have to breathe. And if the air outside the tank is engulfed in flame... There's nothing to breathe. What's more is that gasoline is like a big-ass explosion. <laughs> it's not like they just dumped lighter fluid on it and they like had like their little dick and they're like, ha-ha, burn, Ishtar scum. Like, they dropped a whole car well, Not just it. a car. It was a really big tanker. But, yeah. Well, th- this is where, like, the every time you watch Venus Wars, uh, you realize there are three distinct parts. And no matter how many times you've seen it, you always assume there was only one part. And that part was the part where they failed to destroy the tank. Because it really seems like that kind of movie. Venus Wars has three distinct parts. The only problem is you never remember that about it. Because I've seen this movie probably like six times. And each time I see it, I think it ends with them failing to defeat the tank. But then, yeah, it keeps... Really? You forget about the live-action bike riding? Can you blame me? <laughs> Maybe I was blocking it out. But, like... It is a thing better committed to uh, the depths of time. But it just... It, for some reason, it, it seems like it's shaping up as that kind of despondent, depressing movie about rebellion that comes to nothing. As opposed to this triumph of Japanese biker punks on Venus. Again, in another fortunate circumstance, after failing to destroy the tank, getting their asses royally handed to them, the biker punks are picked up by Wait, wait, the, Dave. You're getting ahead the, of yourself because they do not fail to destroy the tank. I, they definitely destroy the tank with a, an enormous crane. I thought that didn't even pull it off. God, I watched this yesterday. No. <laughs> so much for accountability <laughs> yeah, on this show. Definitely. Well, Hero, uh, when they, he, they realize that they're about to fail to destroy the tank. And they're being cut off. And so Hero realized his only option is to get into the giant crane, which isn't really a crane. It's sort of uh, a digging, an enormous, I don't backhoe would be the way that you'd describe it, even though there's no... But it's like a 150-foot yeah, tall backhoe. What are you digging? <laughs> like, that was, there's no way that's the most efficient, whatever. It's... it's it's a new NASCAR yeah, pit. So he's got this. Un- it's their only industry. So he's in this pillar backhoe, and he just starts what amounts to punching the tank with it, and then he drags it into a ravine. Once again, collapsing his backhoe on top of it and destroying the tank. 
So one has to wonder. This is while the the old man is like, no hero, no, you can't do it, you gotta stop. And then as he's climbing, first he makes this flying jump onto the crane itself. And then as he's climbing the ladder, being shot at by bullets, he's talking about how he's not going to get himself killed for hero's sake. (laughs) Which is pretty fantastic. And I'm pretty sure he dies. Almost 100%. They don't mention it, but he doesn't ever come back. You never see him. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he maybe he got old and tired. Hero went on this berserker rampage because his best friend Walt got killed. Who would have thought these untrained youths wouldn't be able to handle the stress of guerrilla yeah. combat? Indeed. So anyway, eventually the army shows up and saves them from the, you know, seven other tanks that show up. But they got that one. And yeah, in another fortuitous circumstance, the army uses bikes to kill tanks too. So they're already trained. (laughs) Yeah, the funny thing is that they're not really tanks. They're just single wheel go-karts with enormous cannons mounted on the front. Which makes total sense. Like, you've got one wheel, not the best way to balance something, right? So you put a big-ass cannon on it. Dave, we live in the age of the Segway, all right? Who's to say in the future, Segways aren't the... Gyro civilization has made anything yeah. possible. <laughs> They've just got enough gyros that they can afford to fire armored piercing bullets off of single wheels. That's the future, Dave, not tanks. Not only armor piercing, like tank yeah. killing. Imagine how fast something like that has to go. <laughs> it's Yeah, for having the... What what really shocked me when they got to that was uh, where were these cannons before? Because it's not like you there's something essential about the one wheel go kart that makes the cannon possible. Maybe the go kart maybe it has to go as fast as the cannon fires in the opposite direction, and they couldn't get that to happen. With it doesn't like a even tank. make sense. Like so, when you fire the cannon, like the bike stops, <laughs> and if and if a tank was doing it, it would like go backwards or something. I guess. Even though, you know, the amount of force generated, you just have to need some. You'd need something heavy enough that could generate, you know, whatever. Either way, it doesn't make any freaking sense. I, I understand basically how <laughs> opposite forces work enough to understand that that is not the concept behind <laughs> Venus Wars mono bike. The concept behind it, I believe, is awesome. That's the that's the prevailing. Yeah, I guess if you can even call it that. <laughs> I just think it's a little too convenient that the army now uses bikes with cannons on them to kill tanks. And what's more, where were they when Ishtar invaded? <laughs> I think they were having trouble recruiting from the NASCAR circuit. People were too interested in uh, in driving bikes for big money. They couldn't afford to do it for the army. Well, yeah, they made too much money in the private sector. They didn't want to become army grunts. Yeah, it's quite obvious they weren't making money, and many they're... of them were dying anyway. <laughs> oh, well. I'm going to get shot for the army. I'm just so... going to fall off this cliff because these foam pads don't do anything to stop the 11 people piling into them at any given time. <laughs> and then, anyway, so Hero refuses to fight. He's lost the will or whatever. And everybody calls well, him a pussy. He doesn't refuse to fight because he doesn't have the will. He just decides that, you know, you politicians are corrupt. Everybody's corrupt. Well, I'm a jerk. Those were his exact words. I'm quoting the, from end. the transcript. I, I wrote it down. <laughs> we wrote this down. We took careful notes. And, uh, yeah. They're on the bikes. 
They're killing tanks, and Susan Summers, that bitch who we haven't referenced nearly enough for the amount that she's in this movie, basically doing nothing. Being like the most annoying tag along yeah, in a well, movie. She's ever. also the worst part is how she's trying to guilt her boyfriend into getting footage for her or trying to get him to yeah. like let her come along and it's like, Oh yeah, come along on this suicide mission. That's what I want to do. So yeah, he has her camera welded to his cockpit. And then he's, he's gliding around the canyon with the fantastic live action footage playing yeah, this, behind. This is the first time they sort of introduce this theme, which is uh I don't even know why they did it, but in the artistic direction, all of a sudden, they decide that all of the animation is going to happen over live video. So they have live video of, like, the Grand Canyon playing underneath these monobikes racing <laughs> along. And the best part is, there are side shots of other monobikes. It's totally not obvious. Well, yeah, but there are side shots of other monobikes. So unless this guy's holding the camera while he steers... Uh, yeah, well... Maybe there's a control on it that gets it to like turn whichever way that he seems wants. Way it to. too difficult. Maybe that's why he dies. Does he die? I don't yeah. even remember. I also like how he he tells the mechanic he's like, "Don't tell anybody you did this for me." And he's got a giant camera <laughs> mounted to his bike. It's like who wouldn't know? Yeah, I always love these stories. Like, I I just got to believe that the military would be better run. Yeah, you'd hope, anyway. You'd hope that they wouldn't need to resort to NASCAR kids to fill out their ranks. <laughs> but they've got talent, Dave. Unsurprisingly. Talent and guts. Sergeant Squits needs those kind Bill, of people. Bill, up and coming. Oh, the the guts is coming. Because that is a fantastic part of the movie. Um, Bill gets killed. And that makes Hero mad. And he goes, ah, well, now I'm I'm mad. And he needs to be inspired by... Oh, wait, that's actually later. Right, so that's when he gets into, like, a one-on-one duel with the commander of the squadron who's, like, basically, like, Grand Canyon Thunderdome. Well, they both drive at each other from other sides of the canyon, and only no, it's one a race. man leaves. And he's like, you know what, guts... They don't... It's not... But they're yeah, it's a live-fire exercise with their limited equipment and limited manpower. Right, so he's like, you know what, in this army, guts isn't going to carry you. It's about skill and perseverance and not guts. And guts isn't what's important. And then later on he tells him that in fact guts was what's important because he had an invisible bulletproof shield in front of his face that would have not killed him. Wait, what? Yeah, the it was But only the lieutenant some, got It was some sort of crazy test of his courage. And he's like but you would have done it anyway, even if you knew I had an invisible bulletproof shield, wouldn't you have? Because you have guts. Which is the very trait I said was bad, like, ten minutes ago in this movie. <laughs> guts. <laughs> yeah. That still doesn't inspire Hero enough to fight. What does is the incredibly homosexual man <laughs> in their squadron. <laughs> this is the most bizarre thing that ever happened in any anime ever. He has a tattoo of a purple scorpion on his arm. What's gayer than a purple scorpion? Nothing. And he's like, you know, boys, if you really want to go out there and win that war, you're not going to do it by sulking around. And then Hero's like, yeah, I'm going to fight. And then they have this montage of scenes of him with the gay guy where the gay guy's imparting, imparting like gay soldier wisdom to him. 
But these never actually happened in the show. Like the gay guy gets introduced, and then immediately there's a montage of well, him like, telling it's like, him It's stuff. not really that uh, as if they were the best. It's not a montage friends. of him imparting wisdom. It's really the gay guy's just like, well, I don't want to fight. Why don't we, you know, go make out? And Hero's like, no, that's gay. And then it goes to this like inexplicable montage of like in the past that you were saying, and yeah, you're there's it has no context. You know, the montage isn't of anything. The montage is literally explaining this character's existence in montage. Yeah. They're, like, working on bikes together and stuff, and he's imparting <laughs> gay wisdom. He's like, honey, a lot of people died from the virus. You better wrap it before you stick it in somebody. It's like, there's no AIDS on Venus. One can hope. Maybe there's a Venus type. Yeah. A, v- a V-AIDS. Oh, no, I got V-AIDS. That's way worse. Why? I got it from <laughs> Jeff Gordon. Of space. Space Jeff yeah, Gordon. So anyway, this uh, the monobike campaign is incredibly successful in wiping out Ishtar by cutting off their supply lines. Uh, because apparently Ishtar is uh, too stupid to fly things into the city. Instead of flying... They keep on sending these caravans of enormous trucks. Where apparently, they, they transport yeah, it all by tank. But I've seen. Hey, we can only hold like three loaves of bread in this tank. There's got to well, be a better to way. Enormous... This is how Star has always done it, and how we will continue to do it. These dirt sandwiches have to be brought what to the to people. Their enormous biplanes. The entire when they invaded uh, Aphrodia, they dropped the tanks from the sky. Apparently, the only thing they can transport in their enormous biplane tank carriers is tanks. They can't, like, have tank-shaped boxes that they drop from the sky. That would be stupid. Well, I've learned something from uh, Advance Wars DS, which I've been playing a lot, and that's helicopters are not very effective on tanks. So, so are air units. You don't want to use them on true. the ground units. That's bad. You want to use them on ships. And there's no oceans on Venus. So there's no ships. Well, there are. They're just use... acid, so you can't really have boats in them. Maybe you could have boats that were made of acid. But then you couldn't really have a crew. Yeah. <laughs> you could make the boats out of glass. People who live in glass boats shouldn't throw stones. Or fire cannons. Or shoot rockets. <laughs> or carry tanks. <laughs> the reverberations from the cannon would shatter the boat. But the, the best thing is that uh, we can come back to the reporter now. Because she attempts to assassinate the general of the... Uh, Ishtar forces, which totally and makes sense because usual. it takes it takes her like five minutes to get an interview with the guy. Yeah, it just goes back to this is the weirdest. The military in both of these cases isn't organized enough to conquer my living room, let alone another city. Because the, <laughs> it's, the first, it's a it's a very poorly run campaign. Well, they've got they they shut off the media outlets to Earth, right? But then. Uh, she says, I'm with the Earth Independent Media. And so it's like, oh, yeah, we'll give you an interview. But wait, aren't we not letting you communicate with the outside world? They also, they, I mean, all this could be avoided if they just padded her down. Oh, wait, but she was hiding <laughs> in the, she was hiding the gun in the, in camera. the camera, wasn't she? Yes. Brilliant. Still, there's no, like, x-ray scanners on Venus. In the future? Get your ass no, there laws. are not, Dave. Well, she got strip searched when she arrived on Venus. I mean, where's that kind of... I, I think that was just some lecherous guards, Joel. Well, apparently the uh, Venus Flight Security Agency is the only one really doing its job. 
If only we could have gotten them to stage a rebellion. <laughs> oh, yeah. Venus Wars but is her- sort of... I mean, it it ends with Hero... Dro- what, well, what amounts to Hero dropping a space catapult on top of the Ishtar General's tank. Because they're making their big for last some stand. Reason, for, yes, for some reason he's cajoled out of hiding to like lead the charge. And then Hero's like... Hi, I'm actually going to fight this time. And the commander's like, I knew you had guts. And guts is all that's important in this man's army is guts. Even though I said you shouldn't have guts. I was really talking <laughs> well, I about guts. skill was more important and training and discipline. But now all that matters is guts. <laughs> Which is apparently true. Because I didn't see them, you know... Well, first of all, on the monobike, you've gone up steps several times, Hero. I'll agree that, you know, most... Uh, geographic impediments haven't proven too daunting for you. However, I don't think you're going to be able to escape the tank into space. <laughs> yeah, a space catapult sloping eventually into an entirely vertical surface. I really think they stuck it in there just because now it looks like the end fight from Akira, where they're in the stadium and Tetsuo like pounds the ground and the the concrete slab gets tilted up and then like Kaneda's driving up the slab and he turns around because that's sort of yeah. what happens in this except now it's a space elevator and a tank and Hero and just wins awesome. by accident yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah there's also that but well, yeah he also... wins by like we said earlier not getting shot <laughs> yeah, and, special and ability eventually the the Ishtar yeah, General be, it's, just... like... it's the equivalent of in the cartoons where uh, you know, Sylvester is cutting a hole in a floor around Tweety Bird, and then the hole that he's cutting out is the only thing that falls, or doesn't yeah. fall. Like the 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 floor, the entire building falls away except for this one suspended disc, which Tweety Bird was standing on. The Istar General is crushed by his own hubris. <laughs> yeah, and the space catapult. <laughs> well, the, the space but catapult the is really hubris. just a metaphor for hubris. I mean, that's what I see when I look at them. And then they're like, we won! And it's like, it's a new day for Venus. And then Susan Summers goes back to Earth and it's like, you had the best story ever. You got vacation now, what are you going to do? And she's like, I'm going to go back to Venus. And they're like, why? That place is super shitty. <laughs> Remember how they yeah. eat dirt? I can't em- emphasize enough how much they <laughs> eat dirt. And their only currency is I wonder cigarettes. what happens when they're on, like, when there's, like, a trade embargo. <laughs> With the, you know, they're they're an occupied country, and dirt is now in short supply. <laughs> what do they have to eat after dirt? Nothing. It's like shovels are outlawed. That's when they invent the air sandwich. <laughs> yeah, Venus Wars is. I don't know. It's one of those classic. It's sort. It's. I mean, I would say it's a classic anime, just because it's from that era. It's an anime of that time. Yeah, that cannot be denied. It's right up there with you know the MD guys but, and the Erias. I don't, I don't think it would be up there with MD Guys. MD Guys has created its own level of the atmosphere, and it comfortably re- resides there, <laughs> above all your piddly Venus Wars and areas. I don't know. I feel like I, <laughs> Venus Wars is, is really... I was watching it the whole time, and you just arrive at these points in the show where you 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 stop, and you think what, and then you say what, and then you think that Venus Wars says what back to you. And then you say what back to Venus Wars, and it just says, huh? 
And then that's <laughs> what? Huh? That's how the plot develops. It's like a conversation like that. It's like this guy is gay. What? Like what? that episode huh? of Chappelle's Show where he's on the jury. Yeah. Some people say cucumbers taste better pickled. What? <laughs> huh? Yeah, exactly. That's how everything in the show happens. You you spend the entire time wondering why anybody's doing anything ever. I don't know, man. Yeah, like the the motivations of the characters are not as explicit as the modern anime viewer might request they be, or people familiar with books. But maybe that's maybe that's the point that man is a fickle and sometimes illogical animal, and sometimes it takes the encouragement of the gay dude with the shawl and the purple scorpion tattoo, yeah, to tell you which way your life needs to be going. Yeah, but oh well, that's that's Venus Wars, I guess. It's a show about Venus. That cannot be denied. <laughs> Everything else is maybe up in the air. The end. All right, we're, so we're going to record two, right? Dave? Awesome. Dave?